Psalm 100. My comments will be brief, and then we will sing it to the Lord. Psalm 100. Let us all rise and read it together. This is a blessed privilege to be able to worship the Lord this way after our brother David together. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for the hundredth psalm. Make a joyful noise is an imperative command for you to do so. Make it. And it's to be joyful. So we should be excited, grateful, delighted to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And we want to make a noise, which means we've got to use our lips. We have to have a heart and a mind generating the passion and the thoughts and the lips making the noise for others to hear, including the Lord. But it's to be under the Lord. We don't just want to sing spiritual songs about Him or about the Christian life. We want to sing hymns of praise that are directed unto Him. All ye lands, which includes us Gentiles. As we are reading in Romans chapter 9 and 10, the Gentiles have been grafted in, and what a blessing it is and what a rare privilege we have to worship Him. In the second verse, serve the Lord. Again, it's an imperative instruction for us, meaning a command that we want to serve the Lord or worship Him with gladness. It was joy in the first verse. It's gladness in the second verse. It tells us with what kind of a spirit we should come to church. We don't want to begrudge the time. We don't want to begrudge the sitting and the hearing. We don't want to begrudge the singing. Anyone that would ever think that singing is all, nearly an evil in the church of God doesn't know what they're talking about because of the second verse. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with singing. Of course, the Lord fills heaven and earth, Jeremiah twenty three twenty three tells us. But there are particular places He has chosen to be worshipped. And He's chosen to be worshipped here. And Jesus Christ walks among His seven golden candlesticks, which are His churches. And so He's here. And we're to come before His presence with singing. It's hard to sing when you're depressed. It's hard to sing when you're unhappy. It's hard to sing when you're whining and complaining. So there ought not to be any of those things going down in our streets. Amen. What ought to be happening in our streets is, streets is a joyful noise and glad singing. Let's make it that way, especially as we sing this psalm unto the Lord in a moment. There's something you ought to know. Know ye. Another imperative command in the third verse. Know ye that the Lord is God. Jehovah is our God. We, we don't have a religion like the other religions of the world. The great spirit and the happy hunting ground is not all we're looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to trying to kill a buffalo with flint-tipped arrows. 
it takes a while. And then to smoke myself all winter long in a teepee by burning buffalo chips. Do you know what you smell like? Springtime. That's their religion and that's their God. And Buddhists. And Muslims. And Hindus. And the rest of them are the same. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Do you know that this morning? That we serve the living and the true God of heaven, Jehovah. I am that I am the creator of the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. There is no such thing as a self-made man. You are what God blessed you to be, and the reason you haven't achieved what He intended you to be is because of your own slothfulness and sins. You haven't achieved what He intended you to be, and you haven't achieved what He empowered you to do. It's He that hath made us. If you're able to breathe this morning, it's because He enabled you to breathe. If you have a job, it's because He opened the doors for you. If, you're ha- if you have a full belly, and show it by the flanks of f- the uh, collops of fat on your flanks, as the book of Job describes them, that you've had plenty of food in the past, it's because God provided it. It is He that hath made us. But brethren, we are the children of God. He's made us that way. We didn't choose it. It is not of Him that willeth, nor of Him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture because He has made us for Himself. What a glorious, wonderful privilege. Do you know it this morning? That He is the God and that He's made us. You can't accomplish anything without God opening doors of opportunity for you and blessing you to find favor in the eyes of those around you that can benefit you. It's all in His hands. Promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, the north, or the south, but the Lord raiseth up one and putteth down another. We are blessed to be born in this country. We are blessed to be born in this generation. We have so many blessings. It's He that hath made us and not we ourselves. The power of the American spirit, what a joke. We are so inefficient in battle compared to other nations. Just because we're armed with more technologically advanced equipment doesn't make up for the fact that whatever we have, whether it's a military victory or economic prosperity, it's all by the decree and will of God for us. But we, as the people of God, let's push aside those carnal blessings out there. Let's remember our adoption as sons. Let's remember that we are joint heirs with Christ. Let us remember that 1 Corinthians 3 would tell us, all things are yours. What don't you own? If the Bible says all things are yours, what don't you own? It's, oh, there's nothing you can do to own the universe. But we're joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise His glorious name. We ought to come into His presence with joy and thanksgiving and glad hearts. Verse 4, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Now we, don't have, we wouldn't call our doors gates because they don't look much like gates, but you know what this means. It's referring to the temple and the tabernacle worship of the Old Testament. But we're to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. So are you thankful today? There's so many things to be thankful for. The only things that you can find in your life that you shouldn't be thankful for are the problems you've caused yourself. Everything He's done is good. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. So what should be flowing uh, out of us? What should be filling us? Thanksgiving. 
and praise. And it goes on to say, be thankful unto Him. I thought it just said thanksgiving. It's repeating it for emphasis because we're slow learners. And we need repetition to grasp the emphasis of this point. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. That's the same as filling His courts with praise. It's to extol Him and to lift Him up and to bless Him. Praise Him and extol Him for all that He's done for us. That's how He wants us to worship. Why should we do this? In the way that the Scottish Psalter arranges these words, we're going to have a question in the last verse as we come to, for why? Why should we be so glad and so joyful and so thankful and bless and praise Him? Why should we want to care about knowing that He is God? Why should it matter to us that He's made us and not we ourselves? We're the people, we're His people, we're the sheep of His pasture. Why? Three reasons in the fifth verse. For the Lord is good. Amen. Number one, He's been good. Amen. He is very good. I love the combination of words that Hezekiah used when he asked the Lord to accept a Passover on the wrong month. The good Lord pardon everyone. Because the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Second reason. His mercy is everlasting. The mercy that He's shown to us in forgiving us our sins through Jesus Christ our Lord never ends. He will never bring up something that you did in the past like we all do to each other. Never. His mercy is everlasting. Third reason. His truth endureth to all generations. This world has had ideas that the earth was flat. It looked like a plate resting on the back of a monster. And if you sailed too far, you were going to flip off the edge. This world, you know, thought that it was sanitary to relieve yourself in your home, in pitchers and pots, and in the morning... Just go to a window in London and throw it in the streets. Just a couple hundred years ago, we are so blessed. They change. They change. They think this at one moment, you know, that red meat's good for you. Then red meat causes cancer. Then you shouldn't eat red meat. Then they want to call pork white meat. You know, it's the other white. They come up with all these things that they change and the fads change. But there's truth that endures forever. Amen. They keep inventing different schemes for evolution, but the truth of God endures forever. Right. Three reasons why we should make a joyful noise. We should serve Him with gladness. We should come with singing. We should be thankful and give thanks. And we should bless and praise Him. He's good. His mercy endures forever. And His truth endureth to all generations. We have absolute and final answers to all questions about the universe and life. He will never bring our sins up in remembrance against us in any legal or punitive or penal way. And He is good from beginning to end. The blessed God of heaven is good. Praise His name with me.